This is the Leo Slama Audio Experience. Hey everyone, this week we're talking about Ukraine with my friend Zan, and we're going to see why Russia can never win Ukraine. You ready? Let's jump in. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy to think that there's like a land war in Europe happening right now. Yeah, I, I was in the Ukraine a couple of years ago. I don't know. It felt like I was only there for maybe a week. I can't really speak to it, but it was just, it was beautiful. And it's, and you know, and, and it's a huge country too. I don't know. It's, um, it's interesting to see that happen today. I think that with COVID, we've seen this whole shift of like what the world will do. What will governments do? Like with Australia, even places here in the United States, like there's all this like rules and regulations that you never thought were going to happen. And then now we're seeing this war that and it just makes you realize like we're all on these cycles like how far away are we really from world war three like i'm not trying to like be dramatic and say that this is happening but like there's the whole taiwan conflict there's the increase of cyber like if company or uh, countries would take an opportunity you know there's there's no rule book saying that like we're out of of world wars or out of nuclear wars or out of you know that it could all happen I think that echoes exactly what I was telling you just a few weeks ago about me growing up in France and nobody understanding like the conflicts between the West and the East and different civilizations. And when I was trying to speak about that, including to you a few weeks ago, like people don't want to hear about that. They don't want to believe. They don't want to know about that. They just want to, you know, like uh, and share like uh, videos of cats all day on Instagram. I mean, I'm, I'm joking, but like, uh, like it's, that's the most frustrating thing, right? And uh, I told you in the context of anti-Semitism and, and Israel, but like just last year, uh, my own brother and uh, his family, his daughter had to, um, had to do the exact same thing for, uh, for a couple of weeks with the sirens and, uh, and, the bombard- and the bombardments from Hamas, from Gaza in Israel, in Tel Aviv. And no, nobody seemed to care. You know, there was no... But that was the exact same thing, uh, except it was in Israel, not, not in Ukraine. So, um, so it's funny because I have so much family in Israel, I'm used to hearing about the war and the sirens and going underground or in shelters. And uh, it's like every four or five years, it happens. And it's very real. And also I have a lot of family in the army in Israel. And it's not just like learning how to use a gun. It's actually like, two to three years in the army. So it's very real to me. And uh, the conflict, the conflicts between the East and West are still very real. But for some reason, Europeans and North American, like this is not real. It's just the past and it's, uh, it's like science fiction. And I don't think it should be. And what's happening now, like the first few days of the invasion, uh, the Europeans and the Americans like Biden like they had no idea what to say or what to do. Uh, they just couldn't believe. It took them a few days to, to believe. Now they finally, uh, you know, moving forward with uh, proper sanctions, but it, take them a few, it took, took them a few days to realize. And um, that's exactly the, the, um, the naive state of mind that I was describing to you just a few weeks ago. Of course, it's shocking what happened and what Putin is doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, what do you think is gonna happen if you had a guess? That's actually something people don't want to hear, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that can very much be the, the beginning of third world war. And some people are conscious of that. Uh, China is conscious of that. And that's why China abstained at the UN 
probably because they're like, okay, uh, let's be careful here. Like, uh, we don't want third world war. Um, and so, uh, and so, yeah, it's it's very possible. Um, I am I'm appalled by the weakness of the West, especially Europeans. They've been developing this narrative of peace and tranquility, like almost peace and love for like so many decades. And yes, it brought a lot of good things, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, like if France is getting attacked tomorrow, I can tell you that the French army, which is the number one army in Europe, uh, they cannot resist more than three days, uh, tactically and technically, because uh, they have a, a little bit of everything. They have fighter jets, they have uh, all types of equipment and bombs and planes, and uh, they have one uh, aircraft carrier, they have seven, I think, um, nuclear submarines, but they have a little bit of everything. Uh, and um, they, they cannot defend themselves really. Uh, there's a full-on invasion from Russia, for example, or the US or... It's hard for me to imagine Russia backing down. It's hard for me to imagine a world where Russia takes Ukraine and the world does nothing about it. Um, it's also hard for me to imagine that the Russia just takes the Ukraine and does nothing else. I mean, I understand that like they, they've angled the Ukraine as distinct from these other Eastern European countries. But at least in the minds of every other European, Eastern European country that used to be part of the Soviet Union, I mean, where does where's the line, right? And um, and so it's just hard. It's hard to imagine any scenario kind of coming out of this. We have to understand one thing: like there is a huge discrepancy between what Putin says. He says two different things. At the same time, on the same state media. He considers that Ukraine should be part of Russia and then and that the Ukrainian government like is not real. And if you look like the history or the culture or all the political ties or the political history of those two countries, like, yes, of course, there's a lot of ties between Russia and Ukraine. Of course, you know, there's a significant portion of Ukrainians that are uh, Russian, like in Crimea or on the east part of the of the country, and there is also a significant portion of Russian that have uh, family ties in Ukraine. So, you know that's that's true. That's that's real. Um, but it's also true between Switzerland and France, or Belgium and France, or uh, Portugal and Spain, or uh, I don't know the U.S. and Canada. Like, uh, is that a reason to invade or to kill uh, people? But there's a huge discrepancy because on one side he says that. He says that you know Ukraine should be part of the Russian sphere of influence, and you know we we can understand that he says that, and he doesn't want Ukraine to join NATO, and we, we can understand this argument. This is kind of rational and logical. Well, it's not rational; it's emotional, but we can understand the logics there. That's what I'm saying. Now, Putin also says at the very same time, on the same state media and to the same people that he's doing an intervention in Ukraine to denazify Ukraine. He says that to his population, so state media like RT, for example, uh, Russia today, and to his army. So he needs to say that to everyone, to the entire population of Russia, because of course the soldiers, the Russian army has ties, I mean, with their families and friends. So you cannot just manipulate the army you have to manipulate the entire country and so 
he says that the integration goal is to denazify and save Ukraine from the bad government. But why this huge discrepancy? If you say on to your population, Ukraine should be part of Russia, and then you know that culturally is the same country or whatever you're saying, why do you need to get uh, another type of justification, like something that's completely false, to justify the the intervention? Why can't you just like uh, tell your population in the army, hey, uh, Ukraine should be ours? And we're just going to conquer it or at least change the government there. And that's really interesting to me because we actually don't know. Like, we don't know if Putin does that to manipulate. He knows that the Ukrainian government is not Nazi. And he just does that to manipulate the army and, and, and the Russian population. Or like Hitler, and that's why people compare him to Hitler. And actually, I, I can understand that. He's inventing a story in his mind, and he's really believe, he really believes in that. So he's completely out of, uh, out of his mind. Like Hitler invented this entire story uh, about you know, the Jews to justify like, killing them, etc. He did not invent everything. Like a lot of you know, anti-Semitic uh, statements were invented much before him, but you know, he brought them to the next level. Uh, but he really believed that, and he made the population believe that. But it's unclear right now if Putin really thinks that the re- Ukrainian government is a Nazi government, uh, a neo-Nazi government, like he says, or he just used this story, this narrative to justify the intervention towards his own population. It, it is not clear. And um, when the Russian soldiers get captured in Ukraine, hundreds of them got captured. And we have videos of that. The Ukrainian asked them, why are you here? What are you doing here? What's your mission? What's the goal? And apparently they, they don't, they're not saying anything, but not because they're strong and they're not going to reveal the goal because they, they don't know or they understand that they've been lied to or that what they've been told, you know, the denazification of Ukraine was a lie. So there's a real question here, like there's something unclear. And what's really clear is that uh, the government of Ukraine uh, is not a neo-Nazi <laughs> government. I mean, the president Zelensky himself, uh, a lot of his family perished in the Holocaust. I think three of his uncles, he's Jewish himself, of course. Uh, and um, he grew up in a Russian speaking part of Ukraine, apparently. And he has, in the past few years, uh, during his presidency, he has always been uh, uh, sure to, you know, to not discriminate any region in Ukraine, uh, or to make sure that there is a peace and stability and and balance between everyone in, in Ukraine. But uh, if wanting wanting to join NATO or the EU is being neo-Nazi. Uh, <laughs> for Putin that uh, we're gonna have a serious problem here. <laughs> so this is a real question. There is a lot of things that can happen. Uh, there's a lot of different scenarios, but the first scenario that Putin wanted, like a blitzkrieg, a very fast uh, war, uh, less than two days, like, you know, just take Kiev, the capital, and then put another type of government there. It did not happen. And at this stage, 
there's something very clear is that we can at least answer this question partially right now, like Putin and his government and his uh, advisors, they were at least partially out of their mind doing that. Uh, they were not seeing the reality because they thought that the Ukrainian would join them or part of the Ukrainian army would join the Russian and would be happy. Like Putin and his government, they told the Russians, you're going to see, we're going to enter Ukraine and everybody is going to welcome us as liberators. I don't know if they really truly thought that would happen. I, I hope not because they would be completely out of their mind. But when they entered Crimea, because it's a pro-Russian part of Ukraine, a majority Russian-speaking part of Ukraine, like that's kind of what happened. Not completely, that's kind of what happened. The, the rest of Ukraine, like Kiev and all the other regions, except uh, probably the Donbass, like on the, on the east, uh, <laughs> they are not pro-Russian. Like apparently the Russian leadership really thought that part of the Ukrainian population and part of the Ukrainian army would uh, join the Russians. In, uh, and that did not happen because we are not in Crimea. We're not in the Donbass. Uh, this, is not, this is not the same thing. And so they did not expect that. So, so they were partially out of their mind and they really misunderstood the, the reaction. And then the second thing is something that is pretty common in the history of wars is that people keep thinking that having a tactical or technical superiority uh, makes you win. <laughs> that has right. never been true uh, for thousands of years. It's not true. It wasn't true with Napoleon in the end. It wasn't true with uh, Israel in 48 and 67. Like Israel has always been like the weakest army uh, ever, at least at the beginning, in the 40s and 50s and 60s, and they always won the wars against a coalition of countries. Um, and, and now that's the second thing that they didn't predict, is that there is a true, uh, a true resistance, that the Ukrainian army is resisting way better than they thought it would, that a lot of Ukrainian people took to the streets and are defending their country as well. So all of a sudden, um, it's not just 200,000 Ukrainian army troops. It's like, I don't know, we cannot know, but probably a few millions people who are fighting right now against, um, I think the Russian army is like 900,000 people, but like they sent about 200,000 uh, at the border with Ukraine and Belarus. And, and I, it's unclear how many entered, not everyone entered, not the 200,000 they sent, but, but it is not about the tactical or technical superiority. <laughs> it's about the vision you have. And if, if the vision is to denazify and when you arrive, there's no Nazi, uh, first, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a problem for the Russian army and the Russian soldiers. Second of all, no offense to, to the Russian army or to you know, anyone in Russia, but like uh, the Russian army, I don't know their level of uh, pride. Like mm. the Israel, the Israeli army, you know they're gonna defend the country like there's no tomorrow <laughs> because mm. there is no tomorrow if Israel doesn't defend its country, literally. 
but Ukraine as well. If Ukraine doesn't defend Ukraine, there's no tomorrow for Ukraine. So what are you going to do? And the Russian going to Ukraine, like, what's their mission there? Like, what's the? Uh, and so the the vision isn't clear. The motivation from the soldiers isn't clear. Like, the idea is not to defend Russia. That's not what they told the Russian soldiers. And they're attacking Ukraine. So obviously, they are the, the attackers. Like, uh, technically, <laughs> there is a problem of vision, a, a psychological problem here. This is a huge problem here. Like, uh, a lot of people don't, don't talk about that. They don't speak about that. But to me, it's very clear what's happening. It's like, there is a, a psychological problem. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so those, those two factors, the fact that Ukraine is resisting, not just the army, but the population, and that the Russian invaders are not sure why they are there or <laughs> what's their mission or, you know, those two things is, uh, is devastating for war. It's devastating. I'm not saying they cannot capture Kiev in the next few days or in the next few weeks or if they really wanted to. It's just that they have to really want to. And um, there's so many videos online of like Ukrainian population or soldiers who uh, talk to Russian uh, invaders once they are neutralized, they, they don't kill them, they, they capture them and they talk to them and, and they laugh at them. Like there was this, uh, this, uh, this Russian tank on the road that didn't have uh, fuel anymore. Not sure why, by the way, like uh, apparently they waited too long to enter. So is it because they didn't have the orders to enter? Or is it because they didn't want to go? Like, again, it's unclear. There's something unclear there. But like the, there's a Ukrainian car like passing by and saying, hey, what's happening? You don't have fuel anymore? You want me to bring you back to Russia? And, and they all laugh. <laughs> the soldiers, they can laugh. Yeah. And, uh, and so that shows you the, the vibe on the ground. Like, um, there, there's no, like, uh, I don't think there is hate between the Russian soldiers and the Ukrainian population. Like, the Russian soldiers don't hate Ukraine or the Ukrainian population. Uh, so it's true there are a lot of ties, cultural ties, historic ties family ties for some people between those two countries. It's, it's not about hate or, or destroying each other. No, it's um, and so when they are in Ukraine, the Russian soldiers and they're being captured or uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the situation is confusing. It's like, it's, it's unclear. Like, uh, and so that we have to, to talk about that because we see a lot of those videos on social media, but the general media, and it's normal, they insist on the, they stay high level. They invite like experts and to try to understand what's happening now. But I think if you really want to understand what's really happening, stay on social media and watch the videos and, and uh, look at, uh, you know, follow the Ukrainian government, like the mayor of, of Kiev or the president of Ukraine. And, and you can start to understand like what's really happening. It's a military intervention. And yes, there are a lot of people hurt and people who die as well. But it's a huge psychological war. And Putin is not winning with his propaganda. And, uh, and that's why I wanted to tell you, 
Russia can never win Ukraine. Mm. Now, when I wrote that, because I, I wrote an article about it, the, Google automatically corrected me. No, Russia cannot win against Ukraine. And mm. I was like, no, that's not what I want to say. I want to say Russia cannot win Ukraine, cannot win Ukraine's hearts and culture and everything, because it's not about a military intervention. Like, of course, they could remove um, the government if they really wanted to, and maybe they will in the next few days uh, from a military standpoint. But they can never win Ukraine. It's not going to happen. <laughs> the insurrection or the resistance is going to keep going. And I think it's clear now, and that's why things are so confusing just after a few days for Russia. All right, I hope you enjoyed this content. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And most importantly, keep it real.